We're back. You're listening to Ion Health, FM News Talk 97.1. Good morning. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a great day to be outside, so long as you bring your radio with you. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a lot of cool stuff. we got some great guests here today. Uh, I am Dr. Steve Harvey. We have uh, Eric Robert on the board, and we have our very special guests with us this morning, who we'll, we'll, we'll introduce in just a moment. So how are you doing this morning, Eric? Wonderful. How are you, Dr. Harvey? Uh, doing just swell. This is going to be a good show. This is going to yeah, be a good yeah, show. Yeah, we I think got, we've we got, got a, lot cool of room to t- a lot of room to cover here. We do. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, just to give you a heads up, the two main topics today are therapy and cherry juice. Yeah. How are those going to come together? I got to wait until the third segment to find out. You got to wait to find out. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doctor Harvey, mm-hmm. we, we our guest today. If we we want to go ahead and get get on with the introductions. Yeah. Um, one is a repeat guest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not the primary focus, but I'll, I'll uh, let you take it from here. That sounds good. Yeah. So we, we have we have the dynamic duo of Dr. Perlman's here today. Mm-hmm. We have uh, so we, we have uh, to my sitting on my left here. We have Dr. Lena Perlman. Uh, she's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's the founder and clinical director of Dr. Lena Perlman and Associates, and that's a uh, large mental health therapy practice uh, in Creve Corps. Uh, Dr. Perlman's been a social worker for more than 20 years, and uh, in addition to doing private practice, you know, she's worked with children and adults in all sorts of different settings, has worked inpatient, outpatient, subacute rehab, forensic, uh, expert witness, and uh, she has a lot of experience uh, helping individuals uh, with, uh, you know, uh, acute psychiatric problems, more chronic uh, problems, and, and a lot, and medical problems also. So our our topic today, the, the topic is why everyone should go to therapy. And before we get into that topic, on, on my right here, we have um, Mr. Do- Dr. Perlman, uh, Brian <laughs> Perlman. <laughs> Good morning to you, too. Great to be here. Thanks for having both of us with uh, on the show this morning. You bet. You bet. So anyway, so our, our topic is why everyone should go to therapy. So let, let's jump right into the topic. So the, the first thing that popped into my mind is, surely you don't mean me, right? I surely do mean you. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone should go to therapy. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, tell us, not even sure where to start with this. Can, can you tell us, uh, tell us about therapy? What do you, what, uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of difficulties do you deal with in therapy and what is it about people in general that makes you say everyone should be going to therapy? Everyone needs an outlet. Everyone needs a safe place to be able to deal with whatever they are dealing with and feel as if they can say whatever they want to say without judgment. Mm -hmm. Even if they have amazing family, amazing friends, um, amazing coworkers. When we know someone really well, we tend to mute ourselves. We tend to not be able to say some of those things that we feel because we don't want to be judged. Therapy is a place where you are not going to get judged. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can I can see where you're coming from because I know a, a lot of times uh and for for the sake of the listeners, you know that I'm a I'm a general psychiatrist and I I mostly do the pill thing, but a lot of my patients I 
I encourage them to see a therapist, you know, please mm-hmm. see Dr. Lena Perlman or somebody, you know, right. and, um, uh, and a lot of times they don't want to do that because they say, well, I have a friend I talk to or, sure. oh, I talk to the minister at my church or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess there's, there's holes in that excuse. That, there is. And yeah. it's easy to mute yourself when you're with someone that you care about and that cares about you. They have a horse in your race. And so they're going to say things that are a little bit different than someone who is objective. Yeah. Yeah. To to someone you don't have to impress. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So how about, um, uh, what, so like for, for someone who's going to be trying therapy, what, what kind of stuff should they expect in their first session or what's, what's that like, or how does that usually go? That's a really great question. I think a lot of people come into the first session with me or with anybody really, but with me and they don't know what to expect. So a lot of times they'll sit down and they'll kind of stare at me and I'll stare back at them. And then at some point we get to this place where I just want to know why you're here. So tell me why you're here. And that's when they, I mean, it all sort of comes out and it usually all comes out at once. There's tears, there's laughter, there's crying, there's everything. And so that's when we begin to build rapport. And I guess that's the answer to the, that question. The first session's about building rapport and making sure that I am the right fit for them. Yeah. And that yeah. they feel comfortable and safe enough in that space to be mm-hmm. able to talk to me about anything that they need to be talking to me about. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. And I guess having, uh, having that, whatever that thing is, getting that off their chest is, is, is pretty huge. I've, it's huge. You can uh, actually see it like roll off of them once they start to talk and it all comes out. And a lot of people will normally say, I can't believe I'm saying all this. I've never said all this. And it just like yeah. rolls off. And by the time they leave that first session, they are completely lighter than yeah, they were yeah. when they walked in. And you could see it in their, in their gait. You can see it in the way that they're sitting on the, on the couch. They're not shifting around anymore. They're not wringing their hands. Their face isn't scrunched up as when they came in. They've mm-hmm. done usually some crying. So their eyes are red. But they are better. They feel better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and I was, certainly a lot of people I see for, you know, because again, I'm, I'm giving them pills and not really doing, doing the therapy thing. And I, I think a lot of them are coming to me and getting pills to kind of avoid dealing with that mm-hmm. thing in their life, you Absolutely. know, and then they, they won't see a therapist and they probably pills aren't going to fix whatever that thing is. You know, pills are, I, I tell my patients all the time, I don't want you to swim upstream. And so there's a time and a place for medication. Yeah. And that time and place can help us do the kind of therapeutic work that we need to do. Sometimes they can't do that work without someone like you giving yeah. them the appropriate medication. Otherwise, they're just swimming upstream. They, they swim hard and they swim hard and they get to the very top and then they sink back down and start that process all over again. So by the time they come see me, they've tried medications, but not therapy, or they've tried therapy, but not medications. And so the goal is to make sure that we bring, if necessary, those two things together so that they're not swimming upstream because it just makes it that much harder. Absolutely. Yeah. And certainly a lot of people who need mostly therapy and a lot of people who need mostly medicine, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, therapy never hurts. No. And the combination of both is really the best. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Dr. Harvey, I'll huh? direct this question to you real quick because yeah. I think it's it maybe edifying for the layman in the listening audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Lena, you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I think to, to quote you earlier, everyone needs a therapist. That's a very wide population where people, and is this cognitive behavioral therapy that we're it's, talking primarily? It's a whole gamut. So it's cognitive behavioral therapy. It's dialectical behavioral therapy. It's motivational interviewing. It's gestalt therapy. It's everything. All of the, and we'll get into some of those yeah. things as we get through the show. Um, but that, that applies to a broad spectrum of the population. In your case, Dr. Harvey, as a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. yeah. we tend to, we tend to narrow in on these populations where nobody understands what's actually happening except for people like you. And, uh, and then it's Some an interesting like, yeah. twist, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, from yeah. your, from your perspective, what's that differentiating line between when someone needs to be going, Hey, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with whatever anxiety issues is step one to see a therapist, step one to see a psychiatrist. And when do you know the difference? Oh yeah. And there's, there's, there's kind of a gray area in between. So sometimes it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, seeing somebody is very important. And I think in general, psychiatrists are good at saying, hey, you should also see a therapist. And therapists are good at saying, hey, you should also see a psychiatrist. So so see somebody is the mm-hmm. best place to start. Um, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it, it can go either way. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and Lena, any thoughts on your side there? No, I totally agree. I think that whomever you see first, psychiatrist or therapist, hopefully that person will then recommend what is the next step. Got it. Yeah. 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 All right. We're out. We will be back soon. This is Ion Health. FM News Talk 97.1. See you soon. We're back. FM News Talk 97.1. This is the Ion Health Show. And uh, this morning we have Dr. Lena Perlman, <coughs> excuse me, and Dr. Brian Perlman. And we're talking about therapy, psychotherapy specifically. And we're talking about we're talking about why you should be in therapy. Yes, you. I'm, I'm looking at you, man. Uh, so you need therapy. Not me. I'm fine. I'm just, just fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just fine. I'm fine. Okay. So uh, let's talk to Dr. Perlman more about therapy here. So one, one thing I was wondering about was, you know, you hear a lot about the different kinds of therapy. You know, we hear about there's CBT, DBT, Gestalt therapy, and, and even as a psychiatrist, I'm a little confused about what the heck those different kinds of therapy are. I know a lot of therapists sort of um, subscribe to like a particular brand name of therapy. Do you, yeah. do, do, you do you have a particular brand name of therapy that you uh, go by or do you kind of do an eclectic, uh, all sorts of different therapy kind of thing? What's, what's your philosophy about therapy in general? In general, I don't believe in a one-shoe-fits-all. So I think that everyone's different and everyone's unique and different things work on different people. Uh And so I don't subscribe to any, I am not only a CBT therapist. I am not only a DBT therapist. Um, I think it's as unique as the person coming to see me. And so I tailor make it what I need it to be for that person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And for, and for the listeners and uh, also for us here in the studio, uh, if you could, I mean, I know probably it could take hours to describe some of these different types of therapy, but can you give us just like a super reader's digest version of what these different types of therapy are all about? Like, yeah. especially some of the main ones we hear about, like, sure. like what, what's the, what's gestalt therapy, what's CBT, wh- wherever you want to start. What, well, what are those things? Well, CBT is probably the biggest one that most people hear and know about. Mm -hmm. So that is cognitive behavioral therapy. And as it's in the name, it's a behavioral therapy. So that it aims to help people change maladaptive behaviors into behaviors that, you know, provide them a better way of feeling and a healthier way of doing things. 
DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, falls under the same umbrella as CBT. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's got a little bit of a different sort of skew on it. Yeah. And it helps people regulate their emotions a little bit better. Um, it helps people just sort of take control of where they are and accept it for where they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, gestalt therapy is a little bit of a different animal. Um, I probably see myself more of as a gestalt therapist than almost anything else. It's mm-hmm. kind of an, a blunt and I don't want to say hard, but I want to say it's like direct way of doing therapy where the person that you're working with you want them to own what they're saying how they're saying it what they feel how they feel and how to change those behaviors yeah so if someone were to say you know i do this thing and it makes me feel bad i would say why are you doing that thing what else could you be doing right 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 and so it's just it's a little bit of a different animal yeah yeah somehow that reminded me i don't know if you ever saw that uh that, that episode of the Bob Newhart show where, where Dr. Newhart was like, stop, just stop yes. doing that. Stop. I have actually said that before. Like, have cut you? that out. So that actually, ha- so that, 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 that comic, that, that comedy skit has actually occurred in it's, your office. It has. Oh, so, so how does that actually go? It <laughs> did, goes well, did it believe work? it or not. It did Did they just work. stop? Really? It didn't just stop, but it stopped enough for that person to think about it. Really? And then maybe change that behavior. Okay. Which is the goal. Okay. Well, that, that, that's down. That sounds good. That mm-hmm. sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you have a lot of different like evidence-based practices. I yes. guess there, there's a fair amount of science behind uh, therapy also, which I think a lot of people don't realize. I, I think, I think in fairness, it's, it's hard to do good studies on therapy. I think therapy is something that we, in my opinion, at least therapy is something that we know works. We, you know, we know it helps, but it's, it's hard to design science to prove it, you know, in some Absolutely. ways. So, well, yeah. and there isn't a scientist sitting in the room with me taking notes and, and calculating things. Right, because that would just be creepy. It would be just creepy. <laughs> just creepy. Yes, yeah. I would be very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we know therapy works because we see people get better. Yeah. And I discharge patients. And that's when I know it works. And that's when I know they're better. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess... Uh, Something, uh, something else that I think is worth talking about is a lot of people have that confusion between, uh, you know, psychologist, therapist, psychiatrist, and uh, I'll kind of take the lead on that topic. So, yeah, you know, so I think, you know, uh, so for the most part, psychiatrists don't, like myself, you know, don't, uh, don't do much therapy. You know, I mean, I, when I see a patient, I, I do ask, you know, hey, how you doing? And that's, I actually call it "Hey, how you doing?" therapy, which is is a lot better than nothing. And it is the t- trademark pending. Um, but uh, for actual therapy, you don't see a psychiatrist. You see uh, you see a therapist, like like Doctor Perlman. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I don't prescribe medications. Right. Yes. I refer to someone like you if yes. I feel like someone would benefit from that. Yes. Yeah. And I think it would be hard be hard for someone to be good at both things at the same time the the pill the pill thing and the therapy thing they're, absolutely they really are two two very very different worlds yeah yeah so um what's it uh, what's it like uh, what's it like being a therapist you know list, listening to people's uh to people and their problems all day every day does it does it get to you or not so much or what how how do, how do you do that job without going crazy well, it's kind of my jam. 
Uh-huh. I have always been the kind of person that listens to other people's problems. I uh-huh. mean, all the way back into, you know, high, sc- high school. Oh, right, so right. So it's yeah. just always been something I'm very comfortable with. And uh-huh. I'm good at not internalizing and taking in other people's issues as my own. And that's, oh, that's good. Part of having to be a good therapist is being able to differentiate between someone else's issues right. and, and, and my own. Close the door at the end of the day, I lock things up and I go home. Yeah. Right. And so I have this life to live as well. And so, no, I don't take those things in and I don't let them fester. It's, it's, I think that's come from experience. It's also come from age Mm -hmm. and, you know, I wouldn't be a good therapist if I did internalize other people's stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your, your client's problems is a, is a them problem, not a you problem. It absolutely is. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of. Kind of has to be that way. It, but it has ma- to. It ma- makes, makes you a better therapist that I way. I hope so, yes. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about, uh, so this this practice that you have there, how, how many therapists are in there with the Dr. Lena Perlman and Associates? It's myself and a couple other therapists, uh-huh. and I'm super picky yeah. about, you know, who I want to be in my office. I It's uh-huh. important to me that we sort of have the same belief in helping people and wanting to be available to them yeah. um, and having a wealth of experience because again, humans are not one dimensional. Right. And so therapists cannot be one dimensional either. We have to be where they are. Yes. And so I have a couple other therapists in my practice and we all sort of subscribe to the same belief system as we are here to help mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, we want to do good. Yeah. So if someone calls for an appointment, does it take pretty much forever to get in or how does, how does that work? (laughs) Great question. So, you know, as I was a social worker, you know, out in the community uh, for a long time, I would try and help people get in to see therapists, psychiatrists, you know, anybody out in the community that could help. And it would take weeks at best, months likely. Uh And I became really frustrated by that because when someone is brave enough to reach out and say, I need help. Right. That help should be available to them. So when I opened my practice, one of the very first things I said was that if someone calls and they need to come in, something is critical, then they can, we're going to make sure that they can come in that day. If it's something that they can come in within the week, we're going to make sure that there's availability for them to come in in the week. So when someone calls and makes that, you know, brave decision to say, I need help, help me, we're going to do that as easily as possible, number one, uh-huh. but two, we're going to do that as quickly as possible. So if it's that day, it's that day. And if it's that week, it's that week. Oh, that's fabulous. So that's, yeah. So that that's Dr. Lena Perlman and associates. So if yeah. y'all Google that Lena is L E N A. So just to, so you can find it on Google, but, but that's really amazing. So you can get seen, get seen pretty quickly. Absolutely. If you do that. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. And I can, and I can kind of see how, you know, usually when people, uh, when people finally do decide to see a therapist, maybe something happens and they're like, oh yeah, okay, you're right. I do need a therapist. And if they, if they drag their feet and they don't get in, then pretty yeah. soon, you know, they'll, in a couple of weeks, they might start making excuses and not go in. And then yep. it just doesn't happen. It, it just, just doesn't. Then they suffer for another five years or whatever. Before I, yeah, I've seen that happen with my patients all the yeah. time. So, yeah. All right. But hey, uh, we're, we're going to take a break and we will be, we'll, we'll be back soon. FM News Talk 97.1. See you soon. We're back. FM News Talk 97.1. This is the Ion Health Show. 
10 to 11 in the morning on Saturday every day, every week. And uh, today we're talking about therapy, psychotherapy. We'll talk, we're talking about that with uh, Dr. Lena Perlman and Dr. Brian Perlman. And we're, um, we're going to talk about what kinds of things bring people to therapy. I, I think that's kind of what, what I want to know and what our listeners might want to know. So I, I know I, I'm assuming probably there's a bazillion different kinds of scenarios that come into your office, but just to help give us some idea of, of what people come into therapy for, could you give us, give us some examples or can you give us some general kind of scenarios for, for what brings people in and what, what people come to you for? Absolutely. I mean, we, in my practice, we see all ranges. So we don't, we don't have like a certain age that we stop at or a certain age that we won't see. And so what we see a lot of is anxiety. We see a lot of kids come in with anxiety. We see a lot of parents come in with anxiety. We see a lot of elderly people come in with anxiety, anxiety about work, anxiety about school, anxiety about relationships. So anxiety is, it's the biggest thing that I think that we probably see in the office. Mm. Along with that, we also see a lot of people who have depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly anxiety can produce some depression. Sometimes depression can produce some anxiety. Uh-huh. And so we see a lot of people come in who are struggling with depression at, at all different ranges uh, on that scale of depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dep- not in depression because someone, you know, passed away. Depression because a relationship ended. Depression because, you know, something else is going on financially. Those yeah. are the two biggest ones. But of course, we also yeah. see people who struggle with PTSD or postpartum um, yeah. and everyone in between. Yeah, yeah. So like for, for the anxiety, for example, uh, the, the people who see you for anxiety, are they mostly, do uh, you get the sense that most of them are uh, anxious about a specific thing or they're just kind of anxious about everything? What I find is that they are anxious about a specific thing and now because they haven't dealt with that specific thing, they're anxious about pretty much everything. And so it turns into panic attacks and anxiety attacks and an inability to feel productive and functional. Yes. Yes. So it just builds. Yeah. It just just kind of builds up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the people you see for depression, is it kind of similar or... I mean, do you, do you see a lot of people who just see, who say, you know, oh, I think my life is okay, but I'm miserable anyway, or is it the sort of thing where, you know, here's, here's a list of horrible things that are happening and that's why I'm depressed. Yes. I mean, yeah. to that, to that is, yes, I see all, all of that. Both of the, yeah, um, yeah, what yeah. I hear a lot from people is, is that, you know, my life is so good. I have a, mm-hmm. a spouse that I love. I have fi- money in the bank. I have great kids. I have a great job. Why do I feel so awful? Right, Why do I yeah. feel so sad? Yeah, yeah. And that's when there's a lot of education that goes along with that, right? It's not anything that they are controlling that they could control. They wouldn't choose to feel this way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's, those are, those are really wonderful things to be helping with and kind of, kind of just, just some, some thoughts in the back of my head. I, you know, I think sometimes the, you know, sometimes the popular media sort of portrays, you know, psychiatry with its pills and stuff like that. And therapy with the talk therapy is things that are kind of competing or fighting against each other or blah, 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 whatever. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's just dumb. But but, yeah. but you see that in the media a mm-hmm. lot. You know, people get the impression that therapists and psychiatrists are, you know, feel threatened by each other. But but it's I, I, I think there's no such thing, you know, because no. it's people people need both. And, yes. and they're both they're both very important. I think also you see a lot of articles about 
you know, where people are very excited about brain stuff and serotonin and norepinephrine and blah, blah, blah. But I, I think too much focus on that, you know, really does take people away from the kind of the common sense human things that are going on, which is, which is huge. You know, Absolutely. It's I think huge. that people sometimes have this misconception that therapy is this lay on the couch and I'm going to sit in back of you and take notes while you do all the talking. Yeah. And at the yeah. end of the day, at least for me, that is not the kind of therapist that I am. There's a back and forth that goes on that inspires people to continue to talk because I'm a human person with my own stuff. And so if they can relate to that, then they feel safe and comfortable. When a husband and wife comes in for marriage counseling, um, they want, they clearly want to feel better with one another and they want to feel better independently and they just need some support in how to do that. And sometimes the human thing to do is just learn to re-communicate with one another and they forget that. They forget that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to do that yeah. is, is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes they just need a reminder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times it's relationship stuff and not, not yeah. brain stuff. Cause I, I can't tell That's you right. how many times I hear patients say, you know, oh, my, my brain just makes me anxious or my brain is doing this or my brain mm-hmm. is like, well, okay, you know, it is, sure. it is your brain, <laughs> but it's, yeah, you know, it's maybe it's also the fact that your life is horrible, you know, yes, just exactly. saying, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, a lot of times if, you know, a couple especially is coming to see me, it's it doesn't have much to do with your brain. It has to do with the way you communicate with the person that you're with. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and life yeah. can get in the way and certainly money and certainly and other things can get in the way, but a good relationship ultimately is based on communication yeah, and yeah. being able to find that middle ground with one another, which we can forget sometimes exists. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And relationships between people. And I think also people, uh, people hide things from themselves in their own heads mm-hmm. and don't really, uh, don't, don't really face up to stuff that they should face up to. Another and, good reason to come to therapy uh, and why everyone needs it. Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so depression and anxiety, I guess are, Kind of some of the top two things. They are the top two. Relationships are another. Ah, yeah. I would uh say that that's probably the third uh, most common thing that we see in the practice. And of course, there's the, you know, the things that are just going on in life for people that maybe you don't want to classify as anxiety or depression, but just life stressors. Yes. Um, situational stressors, you know, the death of someone, the loss of a job, you know, the bankruptcy. Right, and right. Those kinds of life things. So all those people out there that are listening to this right now who are in their cars or at home or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I deal with that. I deal with life stressors. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. deal with life stressors. Sometimes yeah. what we need is an outlet for that so that you can feel better faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? So all these people out there who need therapy, any thoughts on what's holding them back or how come How come they're not going to therapy? What? What's up with that? couple of things i think fear of the unknown Uh is the big one right because again i think that a lot of people watch tv and therapy just doesn't look fun no Uh right and i'm not saying therapy is fun all the time right i'm saying i'm fun in therapy so (laughs) yeah it's Uh probably better with me Uh but i do think that fear of the unknown is the biggest thing that keeps people out scared they're scared they don't know what to expect and it's you're vulnerable you're right. You're making yourself very vulnerable in that space. And that mm-hmm. can be really hard. Yeah. So that and not knowing, you know, how to find a good therapist, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. knowing, you know, if you're quote unquote doing it right. Right. Yeah. All of those things are scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess also there's issues with people are worried about, you know, what's my copay going to sure. be? How much is it going to cost? Sure. 
you know, do I have time to do this every right. week? I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big one. Cause I think, you know, just looking at my own psychiatric practice where people, you know, come in and describe their symptoms and get refills and stuff. I think, you know, sometimes when they're trying to decide between therapy and psychiatry, they might lean too much towards psychiatry just because, you know, with me, it might be a short appointment a couple sure. times a year. You go faster. Yeah, exactly. You go way faster. Right. It's like, hey, how you doing? See ya. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, but with, with with therapy, it's uh, it's more frequent and it needs to be more frequent because needs, there's a lot of things to talk about. Right. And it's a commitment. It's an investment in yourself. Yes. By doing this, by saying, you know, I'm going to take an hour out of my time mm-hmm. once a week, you know, once every other week, whatever it is, I'm you're investing in yourself. You're saying, I am worth this. I want to feel better. I need this, so I'm going to do this for me. Yeah, yeah. And people people will spend an hour, a couple hours a week going, like, you know, going to the gym or taking mm-hmm. walks or whatever for their health. So so it makes sense to do that for their for their uh, mental health, too. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mental health and physical health are connected. Right. Yeah. So I guess uh, as, a, as a final thing on this topic, could you, uh, what, what would you say to that listener out there who, uh, uh, kind of knows they need therapy, but they're not doing it. What, what would you say to twist their arm to get them to see somebody? Well, I guess I would never twist anyone's arm because I think that you have to want to come to therapy mm-hmm. for it to be successful. Yeah. So I'm not going to twist anyone's arm. But what I would say, to? can't make them can't want make to, them to and won't <sighs> make them want to. Okay. Um, right. What I will say is you don't know until you try. So yeah. try. 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 Yeah. And then you can make an informed decision. Yeah. Try and see, and then if try it and see. doesn't work out, then yep. you can try another therapist. Right, or, <laughs> right. But at the yeah. end of the day, come see me. See what yeah. happens. Yeah. What yeah. do you have to lose? Yeah. You're already not feeling great. Right. I can help you feel better. Yes. Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. And one one thing I'd encourage listeners to do also is if if uh, you know if if they do you know if you do try seeing a therapist, you know sometimes you just don't you might not click with the first therapist yes. you see. So don't don't let that color your uh, your Absolutely. opinion of therapy in general. See. Try seeing somebody. Absolutely. Else, so yeah, we're all different, so you don't always click with everyone, and that is okay. Yeah. So it might might take some trial and error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. But hey, uh, we're we're almost we're almost at our break. But I think uh, you know the the topic we're going to have coming up. Uh, I'm suddenly kind of thirsty. Are you guys feeling thirsty too? So thirsty. I'm really thirsty. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Perhaps we could uh, quench our thirst with some cherry juice, which is our next topic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We're back after a brief struggle with my headphones. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> it's FM News Talk 97.1. Uh, I'm Dr. Steve Harvey. We got uh, Eric Robert on the board. We have two Dr. Perlmans here. Uh, Dr. Mike Jones uh, apparently has a life outside of this radio show and is doing something else. how that pops up every once in a while. I I know. It's crazy. Where did you get that life? I don't... (laughs) I don't know. I got to find one of those. I'm yeah. here every Saturday. He we, probably we, went to therapy probably. and found his yes, life. There you go. Perhaps yeah. so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, but I, I think he's, I think actually he's in his car right now, uh, traveling from one place to another. So shout out to Dr. Jones, who I'm sure is listening and nodding with approval, I hope. And, uh, but here we are. So we're, we're going to talk about, uh, we're, we're still talking about mental health, but we're for this last segment of the show, we're going to take a little different twist on it. You might have seen an article on the internet. Have you? Did you see this article I did, on the internet? Yeah, you yeah. saw this. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's this article on the internet about uh, cherry juice boosting mental 
function. Mm -hmm. So basically cherry juice making you smarter. So Coming to an infomercial near you soon. (laughs) 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 I've already got three products patented. Exactly. Ready to run with this study. Exactly. Yes, yes. (laughs) So so I guess the first... uh, if someone, uh, let's ask Dr. Perlman here. So if someone tells you that cherry juice boosts their mental function, what would be the first thought to pop into your head? Stop it. <laughs> right, stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> and that, that's very similar to my thinking. My, 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 my thinking would be, you know, my eye roll muscles are just straining right now. So, yeah. So what, what, what is the study? What happened here? To you know, bring this article into the public consciousness. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so so there was a, a, a there was a published study uh, from a group uh, out in Delaware uh, in a journal called Food and Function. Food and Function. Do you mm-hmm. have a subscription to that one? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Actually, one of your favorites. Yeah, I like to leave it <laughs> yes. in my reading pile. Yeah. Yes, I, I keep that in my reading pile as well. So yeah, so 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 Food and Function, and it was uh, it was a study where they. Uh, took a group of people and had, uh, you know, randomized them and uh, half of the group drank some cherry juice every day and the other half uh, drank uh, fake cherry juice every day. Like, I think, you know, water with sugar and flavoring and stuff like that, you know. Um, And they did some cognitive tests on both groups, you know, asked them how their memory was doing, did some tests to see how their memory was doing. And uh, supposedly showed that those who drank cherry juice did better. And so one of the things that we love to talk about here in Ion Health mm-hmm. are these studies that pop up periodically. And it's always mm-hmm. interesting because you get the headline. Yes. And that's what makes it to, you know, the big media companies, Washington Post, that sort of thing. Right. Then we, we, we tend to pull our news from places like Medical News Today, Science Today, things like that, where you get yeah. this next level of information on the study. Yeah. This particular study... Uh-huh. Included thirty-seven volunteers, mm-hmm. aged sixty-five to eighty, mm-hmm. all of whom had normal cognitive function, and uh, the the participants didn't take any medication that could affect brain function. But I mean, what, for, mm-hmm. as a as a you know, yeah. not only a doctor but all doctors at the end of the day are scientists to a degree, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, what, we try to be. What yeah. you know? What about this study works versus doesn't work in your mind? Yeah, so the, the the part that worked, you know, the, the part the, the good part is, you know, they they did randomize the sample. They did have a control group who, you know, they also tested, you know, who did not have the cherry juice. So so that part's good. Um, really, there were three things that uh, three main things that turned me off on the study, and uh, I think one one thing is that it was a relatively small sample size. You know, seventeen people in each group. That's a Fairly small size. It's not a not disqualifying, but a fairly mm-hmm. small size. And I think the the next thing that bothered me about the study is the, is is where did the money come from to do the study? And the study was actually paid for by get this the Cherry Marketing Institute. I, who knew there was such a thing? <laughs> I didn't know I, that. I, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really? so yeah. So people who market big cherries, cherries behind this big cherries behind big this man yeah big cherry uh, and big cherry they they're always no... you got to be leery of these yeah. fruit studies you know <laughs> i know trying to slip one under the it's it's a conspiracy it's totally a conspiracy it's a fruit like, conspiracy it's it a fruit conspiracy it's it's big big cherries behind this study totally yeah. and um so so the 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 study was paid for by big cherry um and then i think the 
I think the reason that, that they still got a positive result is very clear. And I'll, I'll try to explain this without sounding too, too wonky or too sciencey here. But um, it's very important to be, it's called blinding in the studies, mm-hmm. where when you do the study, you want the people in the study to not know if they're having real cherry juice or fake cherry juice. And you also want the people who are rating them, you know, you want the scientists to not, when their scientists are checking each person, you want the scientists to not know if the patient got the real cherry juice or the fake cherry juice. That's the point of a blind study, right? It is. Yeah. It is the point of a blind study. And it should be double blind. It should yeah. be both ways. The, the patients should not know and the scientists should not know. So it's totally, totally fair. There's no possibility of bias. Was that the case with this particular study? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no, it was not the case with this study. Uh, there, there was no mention of blinding at all in the study. So, so we have several pages of big words, of fancy stati- statistics, but there's no blinding in the study. So, so it's wide, wide open for all kinds of biases. And, and really for these particular cognitive tests that the patients were subjected to, there, there, is, there is room for some bias. You know, like if, a, if, a, if the subject misunderstood the instructions the first time, do you let them do it again or not let them do it again? You know, there, there's, there's all sorts of a possibility for bias in there. And how significant were the findings? To begin uh, with, even you know, setting aside whether or not the study was blind. Yeah, yeah. the 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 the, fi- the findings were they were statistically significant. If if you overlook the fact that they were probably not true, sure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so if you overlook that, it, it was statistically significant, and and you know a, a small but significant effect. But still, with uh, with that much room for bias, the the results should just go straight to the trash can. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the thing that bugs me about this most part partly is the um, the industry influence. But if if a study is going to be funded by industry, then it should be very very rigorous, and uh, and you should have all that rigor kind of laid out in the study, and they should describe what they did to avoid those that kind of bias. But but well, in this al- case, also yeah. cherry juice industry should not be funding it. Exactly. And at its core. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if they are funding it, they, they should be very careful about it. Well, you know, one with the, there are industry associations that benefit from gaining clinical data and things like that. Sure. But you would yeah, think to the extent yeah. that you're wanting to truly advance the scientific community, you'd go so far out of your way to make sure this is buttoned down, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And then you get the information you need and other people can benefit from it. In this case, boy, we see an awful lot of articles about this study. Not a whole lot of real information, and in, in the sources of the information tend to be more, call it retail centric. Go yes. heading out to yeah. individuals like me, you know. Not uh, doesn't seem to be yeah, uh, aimed yeah. as much toward the medical community. Yeah, Interesting yeah. how that is. Yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, as, as as I see it, I, I think it was an advertisement disguised as science, and as a science guy, that that that's unsettling. So I, I don't like. At that. best, we'll say when you get your banana split. Yes. Whether you should have a cherry on top is inconclusive. It is as inconclusive. As to your mental health. Yes, yes. Okay. And to be clear, I'm not bashing cherry juice. No, it I'm sound, not sounds cherry. yummy to me. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's delicious. I, I yeah. kind of feel like drinking something. You don't some want big actually. cherry coming after you. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> exactly. Don't, 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 don't big, Exactly. <laughs> big cherry's going to get you. I thought we were going out for cherry juice after the show. We may have to pick something else to do now, guys. <laughs> Might have to pick something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, since we didn't have our cherry juice, we'll probably forget to get the cherry juice. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's the irony. So, yeah. All right. So uh, we're out. This is uh, FM News Talk. 
97.1. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been the Ion Health Show, and we'll uh, see you next week. Ciao. Get more at 971talk.com.